Hello and welcome to another wonderful episode of UFO Encounters Worldwide. This is your host, Jesse Peake, MUFON Field Investigator in the state of Pennsylvania, city of Philadelphia, and new member of the SCU, the Scientific Coalition for UAP Studies. Um, I'm happy to announce that. We'll be doing some new projects. I'm working with them and uh, I'm very excited about that. Um, Today's episode is, you know it, MUFON's top cases from the November Journal. Um, There's always really good cases in here, so I always recommend that you have a notepad and pen if you want to take some information down, especially the case numbers. This way you can go on MUFON.com, look up the case numbers, and see the photos and videos that were turned in for each case. Um, And if we have time, um, I'll go over one of the cases from my project that I'm the director of, Project Bat Tech 404, just to give you an idea of what kind of cases we're working with. Um, so with that said, strap on those seatbelts. We're going for a ride. And here we go with episode 27, MUFON's top cases from the 2021 November Journal. This should be an amazing uh, episode, as always. Um, before we go into all the the good information of these cases. Got some fun facts for you to open up our show today, like always. I always like to say when you come and you listen to this show, you're always going to learn something new every day, I hope anyway, um, either about the UFO uh, phenomenon in the field, the community, excuse me, um, and maybe about some space and some astronomy and stuff. Um, it's always good to have that kind of information. Um, so to start out our fun facts for today, Um, Only 3% of water is fresh. The rest, 97%, is salted. Of that 3%, over 2% is frozen in ice sheets and glaciers. That means less than 1% of fresh water is found in lakes, rivers, and underground. I mean, that's a small amount, you think, and it's got to provide the entire world um, to keep us healthy. I mean, I guess they, there are, you know, water plants that treat different waters, but um, it's just crazy to think that that low number uh, statistic is only fresh water in the world. Um, and our second fun fact, earth is mostly iron, oxygen, and silicone. I didn't know that. Um, if you could separate the earth out into piles of material, you'd get 32.1% iron, 30.1% oxygen, and 15.1% of silicone, and 13.9% magnesium. Of course, most of the iron is actually down at the core of the earth. If you could actually get down and sample the core, it would be 88% iron. 40, 47% of the earth's crust consists of oxygen. That's pretty crazy to think about. Uh, just some pretty cool, neat stuff. Um, these kind of little facts, they intrigue me, and they're they're extremely... Uh, uh, really cool, you know. So uh, those are your fun facts for today. Hopefully that uh, you learned a little bit something about our earth and our beautiful water. Um, so I do have a couple of announcements for today. Um, so the first one I'm happy to announce, I will be starting a new show on YouTube called The UAP Experience with Jesse Peak, which will be a late night talk show with people from around the UFO community. Um, We'll be able to hang out, talk about various topics within the UFO world. Um, The show will be starting soon, so please go to YouTube and subscribe to the show. This way you get the notifications when the show does begin. 
Um, also, be sure to check out Nervecast Sessions on YouTube on Zykotica Studio um, channel. This is a, another show that I co-host on Wednesdays at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we talk about UFOs, the paranormal, and all high strangeness with hosts Johnny Summers, Tess Wiltshire, Julie Holland, and myself, Jesse Peak. Um, that's on Wednesdays on Zykotica uh, Studios YouTube channel. Um, uh, this also has other shows on there throughout the week. Um, so definitely go over and subscribe there and like that. Um, it, it's great content they're putting out. Um, it's turning into a, 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 a well-rounded uh, radio station. And uh, hopefully we'll be announcing some new stuff happening with myself on that station in the future. Um, the other announcement I have is about Project Bat Tech 404, which is the project that I have founded and created and started, and I'm the director of. Um, and uh, so the project has started. Um, it's going amazing, um, honestly. We're getting cases left and right. We've been doing a lot of research, finding cases of electromagnetic uh, issues throughout UFO sightings and encounters. Um, cases are coming in. We've investigated dozens of them already. The main goal of the project is to investigate electrical malfunctions associated with UFO sightings or encounters. Now, once we have a large amount of cases, we'll be giving the statistics on all of these areas of the cases, such as, you know, uh, what's being affected the most, um, you know, uh, how's it being affected, um, what is the duration of the affected time, and maybe we can prove, uh, you know, kind of tell when a ufo sighting is about to happen before it actually happens by our electronics malfunctioning um some pretty cool stuff just to think about um so and lastly um we're going to write a research paper on it that will be open to the public so you can get all of our findings on there and see what we have been researching um all this time um you can now go on our official website uh for the project which is project bat tech 404.wordpress.com and there's now a new page page two where you could see some of the cases that we have worked on and investigated um, i wanted to share with the ufo community the work and what kind of electrical cases are coming in um, we're taking cases from any time frame and you can report a case on your own or if you know of any cases that fit what we're looking for um, you can report a case to our e uh the 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 email at bettech404researchmembers at gmail.com. Um, I do have a commercial during the break explaining everything, so stay tuned to hear that if you want more information on it. But I, I definitely uh, recommend if you want to know what our what we're, what this whole project's about and what kind of cases we're taking, go over to the website, look at page two, um, and there's a fraction of the cases that we have uploaded so far, and we'll be uploading more as time goes on. Um, so the last announcement I have is, um, I did mention this in the intro, but I'm also happy to announce I'm a new member of the SCU, the Scientific Coalition for UAP Studies, which is something I wanted to do for a long time. And I finally got the phone call um, a couple days ago, and I'm very excited to start working with them. Um, they do a lot of great real research down nitty gritty, um, published papers in a scientific way. Um, so it's great that I get to investigate cases for MUFON and help people that way and help load the database up so we can find similarities. And then I can go work with the SCU and those five or six percent of cases that are real, we that uh, the SCU will actually research those kind of cases and do the do the studies on them. So I get the best of both worlds in a way. And I enjoy helping people, which is why I got into this field in the first place. Um, there's no better feeling in the world. 
um, from when you help somebody. And uh, I just, I can't get enough of it. And um, if anybody ever needs help, you know that I have an email for this and you can email me. Um, I've actually gotten a couple emails in the past week from some people um, needing help with their encounters and I'm trying to help them as best as I can. Um, so if you ever need help, just email me, UFO Encounters Worldwide at gmail.com. All right. Um, so with all of that said, um, so if we have time today, I'm going to go over um, one of the first cases that someone actually sent in for Project Bad Tech with an electrical malfunction. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, neat stuff. I guess we could go through it now. Let's just do it now, and then we'll go through the cases and be done. Um, so this is one of the first cases that were reported through the email, um, and this was this is a witness who had electrical malfunctions during a UFO sighting. And I want to kind of give you the details of the case. This is what we're looking for, so you understand what 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 kind of cases we want. Um, so this witness, um, he's from Pittsburgh, PA, not far from me. I'm in Pennsylvania, or I mean, I'm in Philadelphia, PA. So we're we're a couple hours away from each other. Um, so this witness was on his way home early in the morning. Um, he had just gotten off his phone, just hung up, just used it. Um, and he noticed a, uh, a twinkle in the sky. You know, the object was coming closer to him. Um, he pulled over. This, uh, the object was coming at him at a 45 degree angle, about a half a mile away. Um, he stepped out of his vehicle from when he pulled over. The object was coming from the west as it approached him. Um, it was a circular orange orb with a bright red light in the center, and it looked like it was spinning. Um, he described this as being 5,000 uh, feet in the, in the air, with, and it was 50 to 100 feet in diameter. Um, he says the object paused in midair, and it had an aura around the object and orange flames. Now, the object turned to the north and began to slowly uh, uh, take off away from him in an opposite direction. Well, he grabbed his cell phone that he had just literally got done using, um, and he tried to call his girlfriend to let her know to look outside because she could probably see the object from where, from where she was as well, but his phone wouldn't work. It was completely dead. So he was like, okay, let me hop in the car. Well, well, he got into his car. He had Sirius XM radio, which is an internet radio based off satellites. Um, and the signal was completely lost on the XM radio. Um, and all it kept saying was trying to acquire signal. And he has never seen this the entire time he's had the XM radio, which is, so this tells you that something was happening. Now he got into the car well, as he got seen that he got into the car and said, let me hurry up and go home and tell my girlfriend. And as he began to drive away and this object is going in an opposite direction, as it got out of his view, his radio came back on and Sirius XM started working again. He had to take, he got home, told his girlfriend about it. He had to take the battery out of the back phone, put it back in and the phone worked automatically. So this object that he came in contact with affected the, the cell phone made it malfunction. And usually when cell phones malfunction, you have to take the battery out and put it back in and it begins to work. And that's exactly what happened to him. And the, the signal of the XM radio was affected. So these objects, this has been going on for a very long time. Um, and this is the kind of cases we want. We want to hear about these electrical phenomenons happening during these sightings so we can kind of get some information and background on what's actually going on and what tech is being affected. 
Um, these objects so far with doing this project, you, you can see that it's affecting every and all kinds of technology. Um, there's a, a scenario or a thought that, you know, UFOs show themselves to you because they want to be seen, some people say. Um, and so what, what, we're, what people are saying is that I've talked to some people and run this by them is that these UFOs are showing you themselves and they don't want you to contact somebody and let somebody else know. Um, so the first thing you would do if you're showing yourself to somebody but didn't want that person to reach out to anybody is you would malfunction all their communication systems um, and ways to communicate. So that would be an EM. You would, you would turn off all the electric. Um, and that's exactly what seems to happen here in this case, you know. Um, so it's just a thought. Um, we got many different thoughts and uh, hypotheses of why this is happening, but that's just one of them. Um, so if you guys know of any cases that have this kind of effect on the, on electrical uh, systems or any kind of tech, anything with a battery, anything that you have to plug in, please report it to us. Um, it will help with the data that we're collecting and uh, putting out to the public, which is really good. Um, so that was that case. That's just to give, give you an idea of what kind of cases that are coming in. Um, there's many more. We've been getting military ones, and not just from our country, but from Russia, China, um, tons of stuff. So uh, please report to us if you can. Again, that email to report a case is battech, B-A-T-T-E-C-H-404, researchmembers at gmail.com. All right, so moving on, um, we got our we got our first case here from the MUFON Journal. Um, the case number for this is case number 117921. And remember, if you write these case numbers down, you go on MUFON, you can search the case number, and you can see the videos or the photographs that are on the case. Um, if you have access to it, go ahead and try it. I, I recommend doing it so you kind of get the idea of what we're talking about. Um, again, that case number for the first case is 117921. Um, so this is a black orb seen in the sky by a New York man and his son. Um, a man in Conklin, New York, reported seeing an object that was black, the apparent size of a golf ball, and flew erratically across the sky due north, according to his testimony. Um, the reporting witness was outside working on his car um, his, with his adult son at 7 p.m. on September 12, 2021, at, an onset, at the onset of the experience. Um, so according to the witness testimony in the case management system, the object I viewed, this is a quote, the object I viewed was more than 500 feet away, less than a mile away. It traveled in a very erratic flight path emitted no noise, no exhaust, no vapor trail, no FAA identification lights. It was viewable for approximately 30 to 40 seconds. It was a solid black orb or sphere headed due north towards I-81 and flew just to the left of Montrose Drive over the mountaintop. It was almost out of our sight when it veered suddenly straight up into the cloud base and accelerated quickly out of sight. I've been around planes, racing cars, drones, RC aircraft, and all types of variations. I've observed satellites and the ISS as it passes over several times in my life. This falls into no category that I've ever seen before, end quote. That's directly from the witness of what he reported uh, when he reported the sighting. Now, the New York uh, MUFON field investigator that took the case was uh, 
Marita White. Um, she closed the case as an unidentified aerial phenomenon, which of course is the ones that we want, that little five to six percent of the unknown. Um, in her report uh, from the witness interview, uh, the field investigator states, quote, uh, the witness was excited for what he and his son, his adult son saw. He viewed an object that was a um, black golf ball size moving erratically across the sky due north in a straight line. Um, it moved back and forth and up and down and while maintaining in a straight line towards route I-81, traveling just left of Montrose Drive over the mountain ridge. Um, like the, the, the witness stated, it emitted no noise, no exhaust, no vapor, and definitely had no FFA identification lights. Um, they watched this for approximately 30 to 40 seconds. It was almost out of view when it shot straight up and out of sight, he stated. This falls into the category that I've never seen before. Um, he is an experienced drone pilot and stated drones can, cannot move that way at all. Um, so this guy is very familiar with aircraft and, and because when you fly drones now, you have to be, you have to, uh, be, um, associated with the FAA and you have to report it and get a number and all that now. So it's kind of the same thing with an aircraft. Um, so you get very familiar with that kind of stuff when you fly drones. Um, so, uh, the field investigator summary and conclusion add, added the following quote, witness is experienced drone is an experienced drone pilot and has mechanical knowledge. He spends lots of his time around race cars and planes as well. He and his son were outside working on a car and watching dragonflies when they saw the object. He seems very sincere and uh, quite detailed in his description of what they saw. Um, it was traveling slower than a jet, but faster than a crop plane. Um, he stated it changed directions quickly. Uh, it changed directions faster than a machine. A person could not um, humanely stand the directional changes. Um, the object moved back and forth and up and down. Um, it did two loop patterns moving up and down while remaining below the cloud cover, he said. Um, not even an acrobatic plane can do that. As it got closer to the town of Windsor, it leveled off and shot straight up. It appeared to him to be under intelligent control. Um, the witness location was between two weather stations. Both reported the wind was moving south. The object was moving north against the wind. This would seem to exclude the possibility of being a balloon or a candlelit object. Um, and Conklin, the witness, is in a town in Broome County, New York. Um, so you kind of you know the area that he's in. So we always say that with these objects that we see that move erratically, just like the witness stated, that no human could possibly withstand the, the inertia, the gravity of making those erratic turns at the speeds that it's going. And obviously this object was showing those kind of, um, those kinds of, uh, ways of flying. So this is definitely something, um, crazy to see when you experience stuff like this it, it blows your mind and at first you question yourself um but these this is a great case um absolutely great especially because it's not only one witness he had a son there to back up and cooperate collaborate the story um so that's great to have that um and the field investigator did an amazing job with the case um so this is definitely one of the good ones and that was that case number again is 117921 all right um, so what we're going to do is I'm going to take a break real quick. 
this way it gives you a little chance to go over that case again if you want to go over it. Um, we'll take a break. We'll come back and we have, let's see, one, two, three, four more cases to go over. So it'll be definitely uh, full of information. So hold on to your seats. Uh, we'll be right back after this break. Hey everyone, this is your host, Jesse Peek from UFO Encounters Worldwide. I'm here today to let everybody know about a new project that I started to help research the UFO phenomenon. It's called Project Bat Tech 404. It stands for Battery Technology, and 404 is an error code that you usually get with, tech, with technology or a cell phone, GPS, or any kind of tablet that you hold in your hand. So it's Project Bat Tech 404, and what we're investigating is electrical malfunctions associated with UFO sightings or encounters. You can report your sighting or encounter at battech404researchmembers at gmail.com today, and one of our team members will get in contact with you and investigate your case. You can also go and check out our website today, which is Project battech404.wordpress.com. Again, that's projectbattech404.wordpress.com. You can go on there and see all of our goals of the entire project, what we plan to achieve, and all of our trained team members that are included in this research project. Again, it's Project Bat Tech 404, and we are researching electrical malfunctions associated with UFO sightings or encounters. Check out the website today. Hey, did you know UFO Encounters Worldwide has an official website for the podcast? That's right. You can go to ufoencountersworldwide.wordpress.com today and check out all of the cool content we have on the UFO phenomenon. You can get all of the content and information for each episode on the website. Plus, you can follow my travels and see some of my work. There's even new weekly updates on the UFO phenomenon with megalithic structures and different places from around the world with UFO sightings. That's ufoencountersworldwide.wordpress.com. Dot com. Check it out today. UFO Encounters Worldwide wants to hear from you. Have an experience or a sighting you want to share? Contact your host, Jesse Peak, at UFO Encounters Worldwide at gmail.com today. Hey everyone, you know who it is, your host from UFO Encounters Worldwide, Jesse Peak. As you all know, I am a MUFON certified field investigator in the state of Pennsylvania, city of Philadelphia. If you ever have a UFO sighting and you want to get it investigated, go to MUFON.com and you can report your sighting or an encounter, and a field investigator will investigate your case absolutely free. This is what we do at MUFON. We're passionate, we're trained, and we're willing to help anybody that reports a case. So, again, if you want, if you have a UFO sighting and you want to report, go to MUFON.com today and a field investigator will investigate your case. And hey, who knows, you might even get me.
All right, welcome back to the second half of episode 27 of UFO Encounters Worldwide. And this is your host, Jesse Peak, MUFON Field Investigator in the state of Pennsylvania, city of Philadelphia, and a newly member of the SCU, Scientific Coalition for UAP Studies. I'm happy to announce that. I love it. <laughs> All right, um, so let's just jump right back into these cases. Um, like I said, we still got one, two, three, four more big cases left. Um, and then we might even have some extra content at the end. We'll see what happens. Um, so next case, second case that we're doing on the day, case number is 117740. Again, that's 117740. All right. So this case states, sight of large white orb in sky disturbs man and his dog. Okay. So it goes on to state. A man outdoors walking his dog in Mumbai, India, reported seeing a white orb in the sky that freaked him out and made his dog run away. Subsequently, a red orb was seen, according to the testimony of Case 117740. So this is in India. This is not in the United States. Um, it goes on to say the time was 2.10 a.m. on September 3rd, 2021, when the incident began. It lasted for about five minutes. Um, the event that was uh, the event description in the case management system reports as following from the witness. Quote, I was walking my dog, Hugo, at a really late hour. It was a little after 2 a.m. It had been raining on and off, so I was waiting for the rain to stop in order to walk the dog. I noticed this way two bright objects in the sky. I was a little surprised as there were no stars in the sky as it really as it was really cloudy night. I toyed with the idea of it being Neptune, although I was beginning to already think otherwise and getting excited with the <laughs> prospect that it could be something else. By the time I got my night uh, sky app and pointed, Hugo decided to scramble off by himself. I glanced quickly at the orb and saw that it was very swiftly shifted in its position. It freaked me out. I began to record a video, trying to too hard to keep uh, the zoomed in the video as steady as possible. My hands were trembling with excitement. What was also very fascinating was that I could see a small white orb dancing around the big white orb. These smaller specks of white pinpointed flashes were occurring randomly all around just flashes which could be one smaller orb moving around at high speed or many that were present but they were very clear as well it was like a uh, it was like a lot of things happening at the same time simultaneously it was unreal meanwhile hugo had probably ran back into the reception area of the apartment block I live in and started the halfway asleep security, startled the half asleep security guard there. I was not bothered at the moment about anything else and tried to keep shooting the orb, hoping that it would shift positions again. But as I was beginning to describe the ray-like emissions from the orb, something else entered the frame. I could not believe what I was seeing. It was absolutely without a sound. Red with an inner core clearly visible of a bright yellow and orange glow that seemed to be very active. It was very clear. It was not like anything I'd ever seen before. It was quiet. It was quite bright in a soft, glowy way. 
No way was anything else but something that I cannot explain in a controversial sense, con con uh, conventional sense, I'm sorry. This was no meteor, no aircraft, and certainly no drone. Unfortunately, the video does not do much justice compared to what I could see with my own eyes. I was making sure the video was recording till the red orb completely faded out while the security guy started to call out to me to inform me about Hugo, who had seemed to the security guy to be by himself at a late hour and was probably lost. What I had seen was incredible. I rushed back home to point it out to my kids. They also saw what I what th uh, then seemed to be a stationary orb in the sky with some streaks of light emitting from it. And as they started to record it, the orb got obscured by a cloud and then it just did not appear again. So that's a pretty lengthy uh, description of this whole sighting. Um, usually we don't get descriptions like that. It's usually about a paragraph or two, but this is this is extremely uh, detailed. Um, so this man was obviously getting ready to go outside. His dog ran uh, away from him, um, and he and he he's got a video of this that he that he sent in with the case. So again, take that case number one one seven seven four zero. Search it in the MUFON database. You should be able to see that video of the objects. I have a picture in front of me and you can see clearly the one big bright orb and another orb. Um, so it's pretty, pretty crazy. Um, and it's great that we're getting cases reported to us from India like this. Um, and to be able to deal with, I mean, most people wouldn't even be able to think about taking their phone out when your dog runs away. They're having a sighting at the same time. You have a security guy yelling at you and he still managed somehow to get a video of these objects. Uh, pretty neat. And the description is pretty neat as well. Um, different colors. I mean, we got red in there. Uh, he said red with an inner core, clearly visible of a bright yellow and orange glow. Um, so that's a pretty crazy description. Um, and he, he stated that this was not a meteor aircraft or a drone. So he must be familiar with that stuff in a sense. Um, now it goes on to say that the Indian MUFON Assistant State Director Ken Pfeiffer closes cases of uh, unknown aerial vehicle, which is a UAP. Um, that's that six to five percent that we're looking for. Um, Mumbai is also known as Bombay. Um, the official name until 1995 is the capital city of the Indian state of Maharashtra. Um, so, according to the United Nations, as of 2018. Mumbai, with a population roughly 20 million, is the second most populous city in the country of Delhi and is seventh most populous city in the world. Um, so the population is pretty big there. Um, <clears throat> so, but this is this is pretty crazy. So you so you know where it is. It was in Mumbai, India. Um, definitely go check out the video. It's probably going to be pretty intriguing. <clears throat> um, the picture I have in front of me is pretty neat looking. So. I definitely uh, recommend you go do that. All right, um, so moving on to the next case, we have the next case is 117899. Again, 117899. <clears throat> this says it's a white object photographed moving around the moon. I love these kind of cases because you can clearly see the moon at nighttime and it's very, very bright. So any other little objects in that dark background, they stick out like a sore thumb. A thumb. Um, and I love that people are noticing this stuff and looking up. So let's go ahead and see what happened here. 
So a witness in uh, Sorgoinsville, Tennessee, reported seeing a fo- uh, and photographing an object that apparently moved around the moon, interacting with its image in some way before the object disappeared, according to his testimony. Um, a second witness was also present during the sighting. Like, like I said, if you can get another witness that, that co- can collaborate your story, that's key right there. You get video or a photo and another witness. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Um, so the reporting witness was outside at 10.15 a.m. on September 11th, 2021. And the, the event description follows <clears throat> as this, quote, I honestly have no idea what it was. Before I could get my phone to video of what I assumed was the moon, which has never been in that location that I can ever remember, it looked as if part of the moon disconnected from the bottom and made a uh, circle around the top, almost like a separate outer line, but was thick like a fireball. The head of it was larger than the bottom, if that makes sense. Um, In the video, it looks like two lines slowly fade into the moon. Surely after this, it completely disappeared. Again, I have absolutely no idea what this was, but I had never seen anything like it before. So before moving on, you can see in this photo here, it looks like um, a fingernail of the moon. You know what I mean? uh, Just a half a moon or a quarter of the moon. And with the quarter of the moon, there's two black lines going through it. This is really interesting here. Um, I've never seen the moon have black lines running through it like this. Um, so there must have either been an object in front of it, or I, I, I don't know. Uh, I'd have to look at the case, but this is extremely interesting. Um, the move, Going on with it, um, the Tennessee MUFON field investigator, Richard Rene, closed the case as a UAV, one of the good cases. Um, in the report... He states, as quote, witness observed white moon-like object in the sky. The inferior portion of the object appeared to disconnect from the bottom of the structure and made a circle around the top of the structure, similar to a separate outer line. Two lines appeared and slowly faded into the object. The object then disappeared. This is uh, in Sir Goinsville. Um, it's a town in Hawkins County, Tennessee. Um, I really would recommend, <laughs> out of all the ones that I've ever recommended, and I recommend a lot, but this one, this is crazy looking, the, the, the still photo that I'm looking at. Um, it looks like the crescent moon, or your fingernail of a moon, and it has these two dark lines going through it, just like he described. So he actually caught it really good. Um, so definitely go over and check that case out. That number again was 117899. All right. <clears throat> all right, moving on. We have case number 117638. A green blob and tic tac separately photographed. Okay. Will this be another tic tac video? Let's see. So, this is not in the United States. This is from the United Kingdom. So, a United Kingdom woman, woman in Telford reported seeing what appeared to be a green blob in the sky. Moments later, she observed a white tic-tac object, according to the testimony in case 117638. The witness was at a Telford balloon uh, fiesta amidst a crowd of people who took several pictures of what she saw above the balloons at 8.50 p.m. on August 28, 2021. uh, This is the witness's description of the event. Quote, 
I took three photos in a quick succession at the Bloom Festival in Telford, uh, Shropshire. They were taken seconds apart. The second picture shows a small object that when you zoomed in is a tic-tac. The third picture is also seconds later and there is no sign of the object. Too large for an airplane and not anything to do with the balloons, as you can see how high above the show it was flying. So you can see in the video, there's a, there's actually, I'm sorry, the still photo here that, that I'm looking at, there is three balloons at the bottom of the picture, the air balloons that they're flying up. And um, high, high, high above is the object that she's looking at here. Um, so you can clearly see that there's something there flying above these balloons. Um, and it obviously was moving because she took the first one and then, and then next picture it was gone. Um, so there was obviously something odd. Um, the, the United Kingdom MUFON field investigator James Dallas closed the case as a UAP, which is one of the good ones. Um, Telford um, in the UK is a large town in the borough of Telford and Wrecken in Shropshire, England. Um, so you know exactly where this took place. Um, and again, that case number was 117638. That's a pretty good, that's pretty neat. Um, it would have been cool to take the balloon up and go see if we can get up there and, and see if the object picked back up somewhere. Uh, that would have been pretty neat to do. Uh, well, that was pretty interesting. Um, let's move on to the last and final case. Uh, this case number is 117959. Witness gets feeling to go outside, sees boomerang flying over house. Okay, so before we even get into this case, we've been discussing this a lot within MUFON and within my private team that I run for the project, as well as other researchers and investigators that I've interviewed. Um, we talk about these feelings. Um, someone who I've been, um, I co-host another show on Wednesdays called Nerve Case, Nerve Cast Sessions, and Cheryl Costa is on there. She's part of our team, and we have talked about this before. Um, and especially one of my team members who is an experiencer. How you are sitting in your house doing normal stuff, and out of nowhere you get an intense feeling to go and do something or go outside, and then you see an object. It's like this object was pulling you or calling you in some type of way to come in and, and visually see this object. Now, it's also reported that a lot of abductions happen this way. You get the feeling to go outside, you go outside, and next thing you know, you're having missing time. You do hypnotic regression, you find out that you've been abducted. Now, so this is, uh, these, when you hear this kind of stuff, this is very intriguing. Um, so going into the case, Following an urge to go outside, an Idaho man in Idaho Falls reported seeing what at first appeared to be a boomerang with two lights flying over his house, according to his testimony in case 117959. He, he quickly resolved it as a triangle with three lights. So here's another one of the triangle sightings. Um, the sighting unfolded after a witness was outside his house at 1035 p.m. on September 12, 2021. The event description from the case management system uh, sets forth with what occurred. And this is, quote, I felt something tell me to go outside and look up. I saw a boomerang object with two lights banking over my home, and then I could see the outline of the triangle and third light. I telepathically said, I can see you. It then headed west towards the Idaho National Lab area towards Mountain Home Air Force Base. I felt fearful to fall asleep. 
When I awoke, I felt sick and shaken. This is my fifth sighting since I was four years old. I wanted to stop. I feel sick after each one. I went to the doctor after the fourth sighting, and the blood work showed extremely high stress fight, high stress fight or flight hormone levels. End quote. So this gentleman has been having sightings since he was little. Um, and obviously there's probably some missing time here. Like I stated before, I even read the case. This is, I mean, people that have had experiences and, and encounters and abductions, um, that they, they're the ones that get these feelings. And then he might've been abducted. Um, most likely they've been visiting him since he was four years old. Um, so this is, this is very interesting here. Um, and then to even go to the doctor, which was very smart after this to, because he was feeling ill and to have test results show that something is actually wrong. Something happened to you. Um, it's great to have that in writing, especially from a, a, a certified doctor, a licensed doctor. This actually proves that something is happening. Um, and not just in your head, you know, this gives you that proof. So the Idaho MUFON state director, Jim Miller closed the case as an unknown aerial vehicle. Um, in his report, the state director states, Quote, the witness saw something very large over his house. He observed it moving way to the west. The object was triangular in shape with dim lights. No aircraft was in the area at this time. This is the unknown aerial vehicle. So when he states that there's no other aircraft in the area, we, uh, we have uh, different uh, applications that we can use, such as uh, Flight Radar 24 is the number one, where you can check to see if any um, aircraft are in the area. Um, Anybody with a transponder or FAA certified comes up onto Flight Radar 24. Um, so it could be a helicopter. Even the even balloons are shown on Flight uh, Radar 24. Test balloons that are sent up, weather balloons. Um, so you can get the weather balloons, you can get helicopters, and you can get airplanes. And you can see the destination to and from or where they come from. And uh, obviously, he ran these through, and there was no aircraft at that time. Um, so... Idaho Falls is a city in uh, is a city in and the country seats seat of Bonneville County, Idaho, United States. Um, just so you know where this is, um, it's the it's the state's largest city outside of Boise metropolitan area. Um, so this is a this is a, a great case. Um, I these are the kind of experiences that um, these people having cases like this and actually reporting them helps a lot because this is how we cross-examine stuff and when we have experience with reporting other things we're able to help them and explain what somebody else has went through to compare it to their story and it helps us find answers it helps them remember things um and uh for this man to have gone through this his whole life since he was four years old it's pretty crazy and like i said having a certified or licensed doctor have evidence showing that he said his blood pressure was obviously stressed. Um, so something was occurring and has been occurring to him for years. Uh, pretty cool stuff. Pretty neat. Um, those are your top cases from the November journal of this month. Uh, pretty neat stuff. Um, so just a couple of little quick things. Um, so I've been talking to a lot of colleagues and, and people that I work with, um, whether they're from MUFON or from my team at Project Bat Tech. Um, other people in the UFO Twitter and social media, 
um, and the people I work with over at the uh, nerve cast sessions on Wednesdays at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, um, which includes uh, Cheryl Costa, um, myself, uh, Rich Hoffman was on there not long ago. Philip Mantle's been on a lot of different people. Um, and a lot of people that I've talked to, especially Don Schmidt, Tom Carey, uh, Preston Dennett. Um, we have all talked about, you know, getting this subject the attention that it deserves um, in the mainstream media. Um, because for some reason, mainstream media doesn't like to pick up on the subject. And so we're discussing and everybody's been discussing ways that we can get this subject out into the mainstream. So I had a, I had a couple ideas. One of my main ideas was, and I'm already in contact with my state reps, um, my Senator actually, and we've had multiple conversations about the subject of UFOs and he is aware of them. Um, but the way I'm thinking, because we have tried on our own for so long to, hey, I mean, local news might pick up on it and they'll do stories on it. But the mainstream media worldwide news never really does anything with it. The 60 Minutes thing was like the first thing in, in decades. But I mean, look how quickly that faded away. Um, so my thing was, is maybe we we need to start talking and reaching out to our state reps, our senators, our governors like like I have. Um, and maybe get them involved in a project uh, with us so that when we go out and we have these big announcements, we have these state reps, these governors, these senators there with us. And by having them there with us, that attracts the, the, the news, the mainstream media news, um, which will give some light to what we're doing here. Um, we also talked about congressional hearings. Um, we definitely need to push for that. And there are some things going on right now with different representatives and senators that are pushing for this kind of stuff. There's some new bills that are coming out where the military now has to investigate this stuff. Um, some really cool stuff coming out. Um, but these are just two things to get you guys thinking about this. Think, just start hypothesizing. Talk to your friends in your community about how we can get this to go mainstream. Um, really, I think it, talking to, like I said, your senators and getting them to get involved in a project in the UFO field and then maybe inviting them out to when you do these announcements, we'll bring the media there so we can get this in the mainstream media more. Um, and then also the National Press Club. Here's an example of how things are not getting into the mainstream. And these are big announcements. The National Press Club that just happened recently with Robert Salas and the other four or three officers that were at Maelstrom Air Force Base, that were missile control officers, um, that witnessed UFOs shutting down nuclear weapons and interballistic missiles. Um, they went to the National Press Club in Washington, D.C., and no media coverage happened at all. The only way you were allowed to watch that was through Robert Sala's Facebook page, and it might have made some other little things here and there, but no major news media. So this is what we need to start working on as a community, as a whole, we need to work together, not apart, together, and start getting things done. Um, we need to push to get this out there to the mainstream so people are more aware of this subject. And once that happens, once we get people realizing what's going on, then people start pushing the government to disclose more information. And that's how we get more disclosure. I believe disclosure already started. 
um, disclosure is a process, and it definitely did. It started when Senator Cruz signed the bill to have the public um, documents of the classified June UAP report out. Once that happened, disclosure started. So we're in that process, but now we got to push farther and farther. So start talking with your people, get involved with your community, talk with people about UFOs, reach out to your senators, your uh, state representatives, your governors. It's very easy to do. You can go right online, look up your, your locals, and you can get their emails and reach out to their people. You can go show up at their offices. They have offices around every city and every town. I mean, I have local offices a couple blocks from me. Um, so you can go there. You can do that um, and and just talk to them about it. I mean, just be very polite. Make sure when you go there, you know your history, you know your information. So when they try to rebut you, you know what you're talking about. Be smart about this um, and just try to start thinking about how we can get this mainstream. OK, I just thought I'd throw that out there to everybody and and uh, let everybody know what's going on. And we need to start pushing for congressional hearings. So get this this subject mainstream and start pushing for congressional hearings, um, which will also help with the mainstream media thing. So just a thought and to get your mind thinking about that. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed today's episode number 27 of UFO Encounters Worldwide. Those were some amazing cases from the November Journal. Uh, make sure you take those case numbers and go over to MUFON.com. You can look them up, see the videos and the still photos that people added to those cases so you can get that information. Um, also, please go over to my new YouTube channel. Um, it's called The UAP Experience with Jesse Peak, and subscribe and like that channel for me, and this way you'll get the notifications when we get some episodes out there. Um, I will be releasing and already have started releasing little quick episodes with new news in the field, um, so go ahead and check that out. Also, catch us every Wednesday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Nervecast Sessions. Um, and please, like we talked about at the end of the episode today, think about some ways we can get this subject into the mainstream media. It definitely needs to happen. Talk to some of your state reps, your governors, and everybody else, and start pushing for congressional hearings. Um, it's very important, and, and let's work together doing this. Start, start the conversation. It always starts with you, um, and once you do that, it spreads the word. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Uh, we'll be back next week with our special guest, astronomer and author, Mark D'Antonio. So that should be a great episode, um, and I'll see you guys then. And until then, keep your eyes in the sky.